0: Mm -hmm.
1: Ah.
2: hey everybody i'm rima
0: and i'm sean
2: and this is strange indeed a podcast dedicated to the show carnival row
0: Today we'll be covering the eighth and final episode from Amazon Prime's TV series, <laughs> *The Glo- entitled The Gloaming.
2: I heard a lot of relief in that announcement. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was, you know, for a finale, it was good. Uh, it, it was better than the rest of the series, I think it had some stuff going for it. Still some complaints on my part, but you know what, mm-hmm. it... Um, definitely did like a walking dead where it teases the end of it you're like okay well I want to watch this
2: <laughs> right i am there with you the the, the finale overall was um, i i felt i felt satisfied after that i was like okay it, it I thought it ended a little stronger um, than than where we had been the last few episodes. So I was pleasantly pleased um, with it. I think it set up for season two really nicely. So with that being said, we'll go ahead and just jump into our top five. For this one episode that we were just covering this week, we've been covering two. We'll just hit this one um, single only. So my number five, um, I just... It's kind of a silly number five. I don't know. It's what was on my thoughts um, while I was watching this and thinking about everything that's happened um, so far throughout um, this season. And that was how Game of Thrones prepared me for Carnival Row. Okay. So, um, one being incestuous power couples no longer weird me out. So... Got that out of the way, you know. I no longer look at 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 those kinds of relationships as, you know, ooh, is 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 that okay to like watch? Is that okay to have on TV? You know what? After after Game of Thrones, eh?
0: Well, and you know, with this too, can... this kind of that actually that specific point goes into my number three. Where I'm like, well, they're only <laughs> half, so it's not that weird. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> well, and I'm still confused. So that. Brother, okay, so the couple, I'm going to call them a couple because I don't know, but there was a, a, a male and a female, brother or sister. I don't know if they were related or not. Whenever um, Imogen and Mr. Agrius were at the auction, that charity auction when he bought the painting, yeah, and that's... he was talking, were, were, were they...
0: That wasn't related. very clear either, but yeah, it definitely kind of had a feel like they were... Because it seemed like every couple that came to their house, too, were brother and sisters. So. I know,
2: and I, I was racking my brain. I, I'll admit, I didn't go back and watch um, the other episode where they had the tea party, and he she was introducing him to uh, some of their friends to kind of integrate him into their social circle. So I was racking my brain. I was like, oh, hell, is that one of the couples or... or whatever from the tea party were they related because yeah you're right there was a couple there's a lot of brother and sisters in in this season yeah Um, and
0: they didn't really like dive into it too much so I just was kind of like all right like if they make more of a point of it I'd probably be like oh okay that's and, and maybe in the books or the original series that was written maybe there's more you know, laying into that kind of like, oh, yeah, and these guys are brothers and sisters, and, like, these guys are brothers and
2: sisters. <laughs> right. But, like, yeah. with Game
0: of Thrones were like, eh, we'll just allude to it, and we're not going to really touch on it too much.
2: Yeah. So that no longer, you know weirds me out because i I feel like after game of thrones you just kind of you know we're slightly desensitized to that um and maybe spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't watched game of thrones but as soon as you hear me say that you should just assume i'm going to talk about the show just a tad bit so if that's too much for you you should turn um back around or well go watch the show one um and then come back you can Um, skip
0: the last season
2: yeah. Well, no. Okay. We're, we're going to table that discussion for for later, Sean. We we disagree. Um it was rushed. I'll give everyone that and that's all I'm going to say. Um my second point, uh prepared me for Sophie Longerbang. Um I feel I I got a little little finger uh uh ish things off of her. Did did you get that? She she had this whole chaos is a ladder. Um kind of mantra um you know this is what she kind of she talked yeah. about it just a little bit she's like oh and out of the chaos you know we'll rise yes, you know and, and make I, the world what I we wrote want
0: that down i basically when it says chaos isn't or was it say uh oh i wrote it down because oh yeah like you said chaos what'd she say you just you just said it chaos is what oh
2: chaos well chaos. opportunity Right, right. So that and I was
0: like, oh yeah, chaos comes to the ladder. All right. Yeah,
2: yeah. We get it. We know. We know. We were there. Um, so I, I feel like she's definitely kind of has a lot of the same Littlefinger vibes, not quite as smooth, um, you know, as Littlefinger. But that's what I'm kind of picking up from her. Um, the OG Daenerys, um, which I've mentioned before, the actress that plays Imogen. I can never remember her name. It's kind of a, a little bit of a different name. It's a lovely name, but a little different. Tamsin, I think, is her first name. She was originally slated to play Daenerys Targaryen um, and was replaced by Emilia Clarke, um, at when they shot the pilot. Um, so she's the OG Daenerys, but she, in this series, has her puck Drogo, um, who also laid the smack down on her sniveling brother, very much uh, similar to how Drogo did to um, Viserys in oh, Game yeah. of Thrones. So, a lot of similarities. Um you've got a fanatic cult r- just running amok in the city. Uh you know, with this Puck cult that they have uh very much like the um kind of the this, the birds or they the birds what the hell do they call them? That weird Cult thing in like season five. Was it the ones that worked in the septum? Yeah, the sept yeah, folks. Yeah, don't know what they were. Yeah, but man, how time about. flies, and I cannot remember anything now from that Game was, of Thrones. I haven't. That was, that was literally a like three years ago. I know. Well, and I did a rewatch when in preparation for the final season, but it's still I haven't rewatched since um the finale aired. I haven't been able to like emotionally go back and. <laughs> rewatch it yet so I'm just kind of sitting on it I have to sit with it for a little while live with it a little while before I go back um it was the same with Breaking Bad took me a long time to go rewatch Breaking Bad after the finale aired It, it cut me it cut me deep um so those are just some of the similarities that I feel like I don't know if it was on purpose I don't know if if the writers or if that's where they were going with that or not um but I feel like it probably didn't make an impact some of these things as much um, if you have seen Game of Thrones um, than if you had not. So um, th- those were my points. That's just what I was kind of, as I'm sitting here looking, at, all, or, you know, as I'm taking notes and thinking of things that have happened throughout the season, um, I feel like, you know what, they, Game of Thrones kind of laid the way, um, laid the paperwork for Carnival Row a little bit. So those are my thoughts, and that's also my number five.
0: like it. So for my number five, it's... <sighs> It kind of was a theme for this episode, I think, but it really just kind of started with, like, Vignette's escape plan for me. Mm -hmm. So you have her, like, so we see that she's trying to get out. It's, like, kind of the opening of the episode, and she does this, like, you know, suicide-type thing where she's trying to get out, and, you know, they buy it, and she rushes out, but then it's a quick grab and throw back in, and it really felt like a scene that was written that had some kind of purpose but they got further into the script and just figured out a different way for her to get out of prison altogether instead of, like, some kind of noble es- escape. So, like, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, sweet, like, some action. And then she's mm-hmm. instantly thrown right back in jail. I'm like, oh, like, this is probably how my cat feels when she runs outside and is like, yay, freedom. <laughs> then I grab her and throw her back in the house.
2: Oh, nuts. <laughs> yeah. So uh,
0: and it, I really felt like there was a lot of – I felt like they, they packed a lot of, like, action – in very small chunks in this episode that maybe they could have actually made spread throughout, yeah, like they didn't really let this episode breathe, you know there's multiple things that happened that were kind of like, "Oh, that seemed kind of kind of quick and yeah to the point, I guess, but um
2: I agree that I, scene just didn't work that well for me, so I had a hard time with it,
0: yeah, and it this whole season too, kind of tying into this and how they ended it, really kind of felt like. I don't really know what it felt like. It, just, There was a lot of stuff going on that really didn't feel like it came to a point at the end of the season, and it really, it, it felt, actually, you know what this feels like to me? This feels like the, the Nolan trilogy, the ba- Nolan Batman trilogy.
2: Oh, okay.
0: So I'm on record as not liking the Nolan trilogy because I think Nolan is a guy who, Christopher Nolan, that is, who... Mm-hmm. Kind of has like a god complex, in my opinion. Like he's like, uh, like he thinks he's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't know if he really does it. Just what it feels <laughs> like from like when people talk about him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's kind of like Tarantino. I'm not a big Tarantino fan either. I feel like oh, they're slightly Sean. overrated.
2: Breaking my heart,
0: and so in the <laughs> Nolan series, you had Batman Begins, and it's like, oh, okay, like, oh, this was the prequel kind of thing. Like, I see what's going on here. Sweet, like, I'm excited for Batman Two. Mm-hmm. Batman Two comes out. You're like, all right, well, we're we're chugging along through this molasses. All right, we're getting somewhere soon. Batman Three, and it's like, wait, it's over. Like, I felt like there should have been more there.
2: But Heath Ledger's the Joker. Come on.
0: What was gonna,
2: that? No, she's yeah. yeah, he, and Batman Returns, right? That was the second one? Batman, he, so it
0: was, Bat, Batman, Batman Be- Begins, ba- Batman Begins. The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight oh, Rises. So yeah, The Dark Knight was the second Sorry. one.
2: Sorry, I was looking at, the kiddo and I were watching some of the old Batman um, a couple weeks back. We were kind of feeling a little nostalgic for um, Tim Burton. And Michael mm, yeah. Keaton is Batman, so I'm totally flubbing my my Batman. I I'm really embarrassed because I should, should know better because I'm a fan. But yeah, okay. So but, okay, so argue all you want about uh Christopher Nolan and the Batman trilogy, but Heath Ledger's the Joker. I'm sorry, Heath Ledger One of was the absolute, a great
0: Joker. Yeah, that was, that was the saving amazing. grace for that whole series, that whole trilogy. But it just felt like it was very much kind of slow moving, and then like, all right, and then we're done. That's kind of how I felt here, like you're just kind of moving along, there's lots of stuff going on, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, we got to hurry up and finish this in, like, one episode. And it felt like, like, Vignette's escape, like, was that something that should have been done in a different episode that had a different kind of point? Uh, Yeah. And it kind of, like, that's what all kind of hinges on, like, this specific piece is that escape plan. Just didn't seem like it really made sense to me.
2: It didn't make sense to me either. I didn't, I just... I don't know what I, what I expected. I guess I just expected her to at least get farther in her escape. Um, I, f- I feel like it would have been better had she not been caught immediately uh, as soon as she comes out the doors of of the, the jail cell. Maybe if she was able to get through down a corridor, through a couple more doors and try to find a way. Because she's still got her wings. She could have, you know, been looking for a way to, to fly away. That would have been her quickest route. I feel like if she'd gotten a little bit farther in her escape, I would have been happier about her getting caught but I feel like well she literally was there faking the suicide jumps down punt, you know kicks a guard in the face jumps out the or runs out the door and is immediately caught and I just thought to me it was just kind of dumb I mean I guess it was you know um I, I can't say it wasn't realistic but I just feel like I would have been happier had she gotten a little bit farther in her escape because I feel like vignette is kind of tough. I just expect yeah. a little bit more out of her. She look at all that she went through, um, in surviving the war. She met Philo. They get separated, and then she's alone for those seven years in Tyrnach. And she's helping. Uh, you know, her people leave the country to get to, um, you know, salvation there in the Berg. No, not, not salvation. That's a terrible word to use because it's not salvation. But to get freedom, to get out, you know, because they're being killed and slaughtered um, by the pact in their homeland. So she's helping them escape. And she seems pretty capable. Um, I mean, she's not... Um, you know, completely um, invulnerable or anything, but she seems pretty tough and pretty capable. And the fact that you see her get caught just immediately like that was a little bit disappointing because I feel like it didn't live up to her character. I feel like she's, you know, if she lives for seven years um, being able to be kind of sly and clever and getting, helping um, her, her people out of the country and smuggle them and, you know, to boats and to get them to safety, she'd be a little bit more clever in her escape. Um, so although I didn't really expect her to, to fully escape, I just expected her to get a little bit farther. Um, so I don't know. I was a little bit disappointed in that cause I feel like that didn't live true to her character, at least what I expected, um, out of her character. So I don't know. Yeah,
0: I Maybe totally another agree. action
2: scene for the sake of an action scene.
0: Kind yeah, it's kind of what it felt like. Kind of like when we had the, the scene of the two fighting in the air when she was trying to kill that one guy, it felt like it was kind of just yeah. there for some action, but but yeah. my number five is just Vignette's escape plan.
2: Oh, Vignette. Lost without her love. Um, well, my number four is just who's your daddy? Um, <laughs> so we we find out, finally, which I think Probably a lot of us have kind of speculated a little bit, right, throughout the, or at least for me, the last couple of episodes, last maybe half or so, I've kind of wondered, hmm, could it be Absalom, the chancellor, that could be his father, Um I didn't know if it would be that obvious or not. I hate to, cause I thought at first he was kind of obvious. I'm like, no, it can't be because that's kind of obvious. But then I was like, well, no, maybe that's what they're kind of going for is, is, is making him the obvious choice. So to throw off your expectations, he is actually going to be the father kind of thing to kind of reverse psychology or something. Um, but we find out that truly he is, and he didn't even know that Philo existed, so he couldn't have been the one to summon the the dark asher. So we're still like, okay, wow, well who is it then if if it's not, you know, his father who may be trying to protect his own reputation uh and preventing Philo's existence to to get out and, and completely ruin him um or whatever. And we find out that he really cared for Ashling, his mother um and that they had a relationship and had it not been maybe for his father, Absalom's father, that that might have, I don't know. It seems like things were a little bit different in those times when they were younger. Like there were still refugees um, and people there, but it wasn't as um, like, I guess they weren't. The vibe I was getting is like they weren't quite looked down upon because Ashling was a star in her day. She was a star singer on the row. There were people that flocked to see her and it wasn't just you know, Faye and others and creatures of, of Carnival Row, but it was like human people. Like she was well-known and she was praised for her, you know, beautiful voice and her talent. Um, so it seemed a little bit different. So I don't know if they could have potentially had any type of relationship, um, or not that wouldn't have been, you know, um, looked down upon had it not been for his father, um, that would not allow them to have any type of relationship, but it was, I think an interesting story. I, I totally believe that. And, um, I mean, I love Jared Harris, so I love, you know, any scene that he's in and think he just does remarkable work. So I really like that. It was, I don't know, maybe a little quick to go from putting a gun to Philo's head to all of a sudden, Oh, you're my boy, you know, you're my blood. And I mean, I don't know. I, I I can let that pass a little bit, maybe because like I said, for my soft heart for, (laughs) Orlando Bloom and um Jared Harris um as actors but I don't know I really liked all of that I like I do at least at least having a resolution at least finding out who his father is and at least kind of closing that door um you know to to that open question so I don't know what what were your thoughts on all of that
0: same I mean just felt like it it definitely did go I, I felt like this could have been like early in the season where he discovers this and the whole plot of uh you know, the chancellor's wife kind of like her finding out and trying to, you know, cause like even her with the dark Asher seemed kind of awkward and weird. Like it didn't feel like it didn't, it didn't make a ton of sense why that was the case, you know, cause she, cause she apparently she didn't know that, or she knew because of the letter, but she, so she went like this extreme without even knowing and going through and killing a bunch of people. And, and mm-hmm. even that, I, I didn't even actually write that down, but the whole letter thing too seemed kind of like weird with this. Like it just, I felt like yeah. it was kind of a small plot point to be like, oh, well, this is why everything happened. You know, like a Scooby-Doo episode where you get to the end and you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, like everything you said was not in the episode, but sure, like I'll go with it because it's Scooby-Doo.
2: Yeah, it. I think I had that in, in my notes somewhere about how a letter – brought so much chaos and to you know to the this whole world and to so many people's lives and people losing their lives um for for this piece of information that um she just assumed was right you know she you know the letter wasn't even from Ashling but she took this letter to be true and look what the links that she went to um i don't know i think she has to be a little a little bent you know to to carry out the acts that she did anyway. Um, but I, I think it probably sent her over the edge. She was just definitely all about protecting her son.
0: Yeah. And like, even so. like, so I guess that's not really my next thing, but like with her protecting her son too, like she had this weird, like dissection room. That
2: Yeah. Where she built that dark Asher. Yeah. It was that, weird.
0: And I felt like, cause even the witch that was like this super powerful, witch was like, Oh, even I don't have this power, but this, you know, woman somehow had that power too, but nobody knew about it. Like she practiced it in her spare time. Like she went on to like Carnival Row, like online classes to become a witch. And, you know, you can have your dark asher too. And (laughs) she filled out the coursework and was able to create her own dark asher. Ordered it out of a catalog.
2: (laughs) I was thinking of like when you buy sea monkeys, those ads for sea monkeys out of the comics and stuff. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, so where do I put the centaur legs? Okay, right here. All right, the puck eyes go here.
2: <laughs> and what was that thing by the way? We finally get a, a pretty good look at it, which probably should have indicated that it's, you know, oh hey, we're we're calling an end to this this dark asher here. Um get a good look at its face and it had this really strange octopus yeah. with or in, like in horse face. Yeah, the horse face. Yeah, that's what yeah. I saw. Very strange. What kind of creature was that? Um, So anyway, yeah, that I I had I had issues with that. She's that Fa. Is it Effie? That her the witch the witch's name that powerful witch. um, Fa. Anyway, um, I'm terrible with names. Ugh. Anyway, she said that she couldn't. Like she would even be challenged to create something so large and powerful, but yet this. I mean, yeah, you can study, you can pay attention, but I don't know. I feel like that was just, she probably shouldn't have even said anything like that. That line probably should have just been left out yeah. because that really, that stuck with me. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I was like, well, how was she able to do that? I mean, was it just practice so so many years? And then how long, did they establish how long that letter has been out in circulation? Like how long has she been planning this?
0: Uh, Well, I know it said something about his re-election coming up, and they've been talking about it this season, so I would probably say less than six months or a year, maybe.
2: So she can just... Oh, I'll just gather these creatures, dead yeah. creatures and piece them together and, and be intelligent enough and have the skills to put together this spell to rise this thing and know how to control. She c- controlled it very well. No, oh, yeah. you know, she could see through its eyes and, you know, make it do whatever she wanted to do. Um, well, it like, like
0: overkill too. like, couldn't you have just like, you know, I mean, especially in this world, like a dead fairy didn't seem like it was a big deal. So like yeah. you could have hired somebody to do it, probably cheaper with less work and you know with all the channels that they had, I'm sure it would have been fine. But yeah, it was I just couldn't really get behind that.
2: Yeah, it was it was a little bit hard. It just seemed like, you know, if you if it's not like she had years and years and years to practice this art, you know, of of this dark magic is kind of what they referred to it, you know? I mean, maybe she did dabble in some dark magic because it seems that she was pretty obsessed with it as a young child, but did she really garner the skill to get to that point, to be able to to raise this thing up and, and control it the way that she did? Just seemed a little bit too much. Um, and then if nobody else found this lair of hers, her her laboratory, this Dr. Frankenstein's like laboratory of hers, how the hell did vignette find it um and then no one else found it after she died because they're like well well your mom is gone and no one can find her we don't know what's happened to her and it's like dude she's in the sewer why there's like dozens of paths right to it apparently it's there's this is right under the house somewhere um i don't know it was just kind of weird my question marks
0: agreed yeah it's just i felt like the pacing of this probably could have been Done a little differently. It felt like rushed, but you know, yeah. And maybe it's a note I'll go to with with uh, Orlando Bloom's acting in this, but um which was good. But it just felt like
2: he was good. Yeah, he was good.
0: It just kind of felt like he was doing a lot with very little.
2: Yeah, he was. I I'll give it to him. He was doing a lot, and I was really disappointed that it was a Vignette that had to be the one to kill um, Piety. To take out the dark Asher to, yeah. to save him, um, I was really hoping he he could have just taken. Didn't he have an axe or didn't he have something? Uh, he could have just like you know, whoof, thro- like thrown that. it, thrown yeah. it like chopped her right in the right in the head or the brain. You know, like when you throw an axe at a, a tree or a target or something. Um, well, that's a you good. You know, he's jump. he's skilled with a bow. He ought to be good with an axe. We yeah. know he can. You know, we we know the work he can do with a, a bow and arrow. Um, well, that's a good jump out.
0: into my number two because it is simply, that's how she dies? So <laughs> you have you have this whole, like, dark Asher chase and he drops this gate on it. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's how it ends. I'm like, eh, ah, that seemed kind of crappy. You know, this big, scary monster that we've been kind of supposed to be scared of for this whole season. Yeah. He shows up and it's like, no, we're going to have this huge-ass battle. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, what's going to happen here? And you see, like, a four or five-minute battle and all of a sudden she's like, oh stabbed in the back and falls to her death. you're like, really? Like that was kind of (sighs) anticlimactic.
2: I mean, they set it up that that's how, that's the only way that this dark Asher was going to die. So I I knew Piety was probably going to have to die in order for this thing to die. I mean, he even took the darn head off and it still came back and was able to, which how without a head, I don't know, unless it was like carrying its head, like the headless horseman or something underneath its arm or something. Um, how it was even able to find its way to where they were. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I didn't have too much of a problem with it. I just wish it had been Philo that had that had done it instead of Vignette. But I guess that had to be a kind of a, you know, save your lover, you know, kind of moment. I don't know. Um, so I, I didn't have too many problems with that. Um, just wish it hadn't went the way that it did. I don't know. And, you know, we were talking about it was another point that I was, to go back to what you were saying about her creating that dark Asher. Um I, I don't really want to go there, but I'm going to, and we don't have to go. I don't expect to have an answer for this or to go to in depth. No, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not where I was going. Ew. That's weird. Um So the, 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 the dark magic witch F.A. um When she created the, the dark Asher for, philo
0: oh it
2: had a requirement yeah had a special requirement and um so how and like i said i'm just throwing it out there i don't really want to talk about it but because i i try to be as forthcoming as possible with everyone when i'm on here how the hell or what the hell did she use exactly and if it's what i think it is then fine it's it's we don't have to talk about it but i'm just curious We know what Hmm. it took to make Philo's Dark Asher. How did she achieve that?
0: You know, Um, that's actually, I mean, there's a really creepy, weird way. Like, she actually gave birth. But, you know, it would have been kind of interesting if they kind of played on a scar or something like that. So, like, she actually got inside of herself to take out something to do it. mm Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because that would be, like, a huge sacrifice that she's, like, super serious about doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. like it's a pound of as, flesh kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not as fun as like a hand job from a creepy old witch, but you know.
2: Yeah. Well, I have my thoughts, but I'd really rather not get into it because I, as I'm thinking about it, um, it was just kind of like, oh, I, I really didn't want to go there. But I'm trying to be as, like I said, I try to be as forthcoming as possible. But I'm just gonna leave it there. Um, but that's that's a good. Was that your number? Was yeah, that your number that was My two?
0: number four was just kind of the that's how oh. she dies. So it's kind oh, of okay. like, uh but so what do you have for your number three?
2: My number three is I give you this truth and raise you another. And that is Jonah confronting his mom and telling her he knows that she was behind the kidnapping. So I'm glad that finally kind of came out that he seems to be growing some balls and has confronted his mom. And she's then begging him, you know, because she knows and found out that he's spending time with Sophie Longerbane, spending some special time in the carriages um, and she's begging him to not see her anymore and so he confronts her with his truth and mama's got one better for you sophie his new interest is his sister
0: yeah which again like that just brings up so many questions so apparently she had an affair with the guy that's her dad and yep
2: the chancellor was
0: okay with it because they're about the same age so
2: well it sounds like that both Absalom, the current chancellor, and Longerbane were both kind of after piety. They were both seeking her affections, and Absalom, I'm guessing, is the one that won out, probably based on the... Who did she... Gosh, I've I really got to write this stuff down. When she's talking about climbing those mountains and she's seeking out these these truths and had this prophecy about you know, um, Absalom before she married him, that's probably what her decision was, is they, they're they like, if you marry Absalom, you, you know, your husband will be great, but your son will be an even greater man. So when she hears that, that's probably what makes her choose um, ch- the chancellor, Absalom, as her husband. But it sounds like she was also... F- you know kind of probably messing around with both but in you know in the end ended up on Absalom based on that prophecy um so yeah I'm guessing they had a thing before she married the chancellor and that's when she got pregnant with Sophie and must have given but man think of the time that must have passed how much time would have passed that she would have you know gotten pregnant had the baby given it over to Longerbane to raise and just say, oh, well, your mother died, you know, when, um, you know, birthing you. So I don't know, maybe that timeline doesn't quite work um, in between all of that. But yeah, they had a thing. But you know, I didn't see any of that come out. Remember when they, um, when they ended up taking Longerbane and keeping him prisoner for that time, and she came in and kind of teased him a bit before when she killed him. Um, I didn't really pick up on, on any type of past history between those two did you or did I totally miss that no
0: not really yeah that's what it was again it just kind of felt like all that was rushed so I was kind of confused on a lot of it
2: yeah I was too I, I I think I liked the plot twists I do I think it was I think a lot of what happened was good and twisty and I just I feel like it maybe wasn't mapped out to its fullest effect um but but yeah and I don't know that they're just half siblings. I think they're full siblings. Did okay. did you... So we know Piety had the affair with Longerbane, and that product of that relationship was Sophie. But it seemed to be indicated when Jonah is confronting his father... It seems to be the, in their exchange back and forth that Absalom kind of acknowledges, like, blood doesn't matter. You carry my name. You are my son.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, maybe so, it's, uh, oh, maybe they're twins.
2: Oh, gosh. How weird would that be?
0: I don't know. Um, I don't know if there would be a show that would go that far, though. Then it would be like
2: the Lannisters. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I don't know i- I kind of picked up on they're not just half siblings, which is bad enough, but I think it it was alluded to that they are full on siblings um and that's why piety was so determined to eliminate Philo um because that is his true son, and in order for the prophecy to be true, you know he has to be out of the picture, and his son you know, has to be, even if not by blood, but has to be Jonah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's what I got out of it. I could be totally wrong, but that's that's the pieces I was putting together. But regardless, even if that's not true, they're still half siblings, and it's still just very weird. Um, it to, and it just puts the whole carriage scene uh, with those two in a whole new perspective. Um, well,
0: and I know how that cut scene happened too. For a second, I thought it was actually the uh, the couple that uh they were talking about where she was too wound up too tight. I thought that's the two that were in there too. So that's where I was like, oh brother and sister. I'm like, oh wait, no, these are these other two. And then you find it's out the later. other brother and sister Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh wait, no, no. And then you find out later it's like, oh wait, they're related too. It's like
2: where's yeah. this taking place? All these brothers and sisters getting it on. And if you have brothers and sisters, it just it's ick to Awkward. to it's like, no, that's not cool. Um but, hey, it's all good in the fantasy world. Keep those bloodlines pure. Um, well, I mean, that's what they used to anyway. do back
0: in the olden days, I guess.
2: Hey, the royals married cousins all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. To to keep the bloodlines uh, pure and royal. So Who you know, doesn't hey, love
0: webbed feet?
2: A- and a six finger. Yeah. So it never hurt anyone. Anyway, that was my number three.
0: Uh, my number 3 we talked about already and we just kind of alluded to a little bit more was only half, huh? That's not weird. <laughs> I actually uh did you ever see uh God, I think it was not another teen movie back in the day where they made fun of like Gosh. cruel intentions and all these other things?
2: I I might have, yeah.
0: There's a scene, I think it's the uh the guy who plays Captain America. I think he's in that back in the day. Chris Evans? Yeah. And him and, a, and there's this girl and she's like making a bet with him and she's like trying to make out with him. Because, you know, in Cruel Intentions, they were stepbrother and sister. That was the big thing there.
2: Yes. So I love in, Cruel Intentions, FYI.
0: In, in this scene in the parody, like the, the one sister's trying to like, get, like kiss him and stuff. He's like, stop, you're my sister. And she's like, only by blood. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded <laughs> me of this scene here. <laughs> they are way ahead of the curve in that movie.
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I I remember that line, so I must have watched it um, way way back when it came out. That's funny. Only by blood.
0: I and this is cruel intentions, but I had a huge crush on Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy oh, the yeah. Vampire Slayer.
2: <sighs> yeah, I wasn't a, a big Buffy watcher in the day, but I love Sarah Mi- Michelle Gellar. You know, um, cruel intentions, I know what she did last summer. Yeah. She's in oh, that yeah. one, right? Yeah. She's in
0: Scream Two, I think, for a minute. She was in it for very long.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I loved her. thought she was great. Um oh and hey, I was a huge Sarah Michelle Geller even before all of that because she was Kendall on All My Children. Yeah. Yeah. Way back in the day. That's how far back I go. Um since she was Erica Kane's um, illegitimate daughter that she gave up for adoption a long time ago big scandal bump bum bomb. Bum. um yes i was a huge soap fan back in the day love my soaps um oh boy am i getting off track <laughs> yep yeah, so I yeah guess we're that was great. on
0: your number two now
2: number two well i want to talk a little bit more about sophie i i feel like her, her character was a little rushed. I mean, sh- she became a major player in her very first episode, and I feel like that could have been a little bit better played out. Um, I wish there had been a little bit more buildup. I think there's potential there. I think that now that we've gotten through season one, going into season two, it looks like that's kind of where they're laying the roadmap. It's going to be really political moving forward, which we've had a lot of politics stuff happening in season one. Um, and if that's your thing, that's cool. I don't mind it so much. I don't feel it was too heavy handed in this season. So I was okay with it, but I feel like they're definitely going to stay on online with that in season two. Uh, so I, I think that there's some real potential with her character to see where it goes. I just feel like they kind of plopped her down and said, Oh, she's a big player right away. I feel like it wasn't very subtle because I feel like, and I, I've really, really, don't like to make comparisons with this show and game of thrones because they're definitely just to me, two different things. But I, I mentioned her comparison to little finger earlier and the, the clever thing that they did with little is, at least for me and, and and if anyone else, and I didn't read the books, I read book one um and that was as far as I had gotten into the series. So people who, who were book readers knew that, but going in as a show watcher and not having any book knowledge um for me it was a very good subtle build-up to, to Littlefinger and, and, you know, all of his um, things that he did behind the scenes to, you know, everything that played out in the show and how many things he was behind and how many, you know, um, branches of storylines he was a part of all because he was working behind the scenes. So I felt that was really clever, you know, when you learn how much he, you know, as the show continued, how much he was a part of. And I feel like you know, with Sophie, it would have been better had they maybe handled that just a little bit better. Um, and I mean, I guess if you're wanting to get through all of this in one season, you can't do that. I mean, you only have eight episodes to get there. Um But I don't know. I I wish she could have been introduced a little bit further up the line um, because it was like, okay, here she is. Oh, by the way, she's a major player. She's behind this whole thing. It was all about her that she, you know, wrote this one letter that started this whole thing. um, You know, with piety and shaking up her insecurities, um, and and for her to do the things that she did, creating this dark Asher, um, killing these people, and having everything that happened. Um, So I don't know. It just It was a little hard. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Sophie and how she was developed and, and brought into the picture? And maybe what What are your thoughts on, on her moving forward?
0: I liked the character a lot. And I think th- that's the one thing I really enjoyed about this. Is at the very end, it was like, oh, okay, like, this is the show I want to watch. Yeah. And it felt like she was introduced way into it. And you're kind of like, well, who's this? And again, it was at a point where there's like six different storylines going on. So you're like, okay, here's a seventh storyline. All right, great. Right and she was the catalyst for this whole thing taking off too. So I feel like there's probably some restructuring they could have done to almost make you feel sorry for her at first mm-hmm. and make her a very sympathetic character and slowly build her into like a oh my god, this is the person who's been like basically the puppet master behind everything. Yeah. So I I just I feel like it just kind of missed a little bit going going in this, but it it did what a good show should do and at the very end leaves you kind of, you know, excited to see what's going on.
2: Yeah. I I still think it had, I think the, the, the twists, you know, and turns were interesting and clever and, and kept me kind of interested in stuff. It was just, wow. It was just, it happened really fast that she was this major, major player. And I'm still having a little trouble, um, believing, just how clever she is that she was able to pick up on all of this information just by living in her house. You know, she's completely closeted up, but I guess because her, her father being who he was, you know, they have all of these important people in her home all the time that she is able to overhear all of these conversations. And, you know, um, maybe if her father had given her some more attention, she wouldn't have turned out to be the person you know, that that she was and have to resort to these types of things to, you know, be so power hungry and gain the power that her father never gave her. If he'd empowered her a little bit, maybe she wouldn't, you know, have turned out that way. But it's a whole other conversation. But anyway, I don't know. Maybe I I was at least happy with kind of where it ended. I thought it was interesting, at least how her and Jonah together are formed. I think that's a pretty big, big deal that these two opposition um, political parties are coming together. That's obviously a big thing, but clearly not in the best interest of, of all of the fae and creatures of Carnival Row, that's for sure. But um, I don't know. I was I was happy with that anyway, at least how it ended up. I just think the, the path getting there wasn't, you know, for me, the best thing.
0: Yeah, so. and even then, like you're talking about, you know, it's like, well, how did you know that this was the case? That was kind of like what he was asking her at the end. And she's like, oh, well, it's, very commonly known, like secret, not secret, but like theory. So it was like mm-hmm. one of those things that's like, oh, well, everybody kind of already knows this. Yeah. And so I kind of felt like, well, if everybody knows it, why is it such a big surprise? Like, I mean, there's tons of like, you know, stuff out there about lots of people are like, oh, well, did you know such and such? It's like, oh, okay. Like, if it comes out, you're like, oh, well, we kind of knew that. Yeah. So I kind of felt like that was a little bit of a like wah wah moment too.
2: Yeah. And it's not like Jonah was as secluded as, um, Sophie you know, he's out in the world, he's doing things, he's being educated and, uh, you know, he's, I'm guessing has friends and has a social life. And why is he not hearing anything like that? It's one thing for Sophie not to get any kind of information because she's, you know, she says no relation, no friends, no one except for a bitter father, you know, um, in her home. So it's not like she's secluded from the world uh, or, or that Joan is secluded from the world as she is. Why hasn't he ever heard of anything like that? I don't know. Um, but anyway, I still think she's somewhat interesting. I I think there's some potential there. I just think it was, for me anyway, fumbled just a little bit um, in, the, in the season. But I don't know. Let's see what season two holds. So that's my number two.
0: So my number two, uh, I'm going to go with uh, basically just Ingrid and Puck. I thought the whole storyline there was really, really interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, we saw last episode they, they, they hooked up and in this episode you definitely see where they kind of even go a little bit further with it, which was <laughs> cool, which was okay, but then a- again, just like everything else, it was super rushed because they have this whole thing and all of a sudden her brother sees it, he comes in with the gun and you know, basically kind of causes all the chaos to ensue from there. Um, her deciding to hurry and leave, like, the escape with that, too, it felt like kind of rushed. It's like, okay, where the Like, it was very much kind of like, you know, she's <laughs> on one side of the tracks, all of a sudden, bam, she's on the other side tracks completely and on, on him, which uh, I think is going to make for an interesting side story next season because her brother's definitely kind of, like, on the hunt. But... Again, kind of like, uh, all right, well, a little bit too quick on the storyline.
2: Yeah, and I've talked a little bit about how quickly Imogen kind of flipped from, you know, being a high society and having, you know, conformed to a certain way of thinking. And then when she meets, meets Mr. Agria, she, you know you can kind of slowly see the turn a little bit, but it still felt a little bit rushed how she goes from one side to the other. But I, you know, I'm curious if it helped kind of push her a little bit, knowing that her father was sympathetic to, uh, Fay folk, um, knowing that he's the one that kind of helped keep Ashling safe and protected and out of, um, I guess out of the public eye while she was pregnant with Philo. Um, so, I don't know if that had a part in it that she and then I don't know, maybe she was just, you know, sometimes when you're raised a certain way, you just you have this way of thinking and you think that's the only way there is to be. And then when you get exposed to something that is completely different and you realize, yeah, that's not how I want to be. I just didn't know that's how I didn't want to be until someone exposed me to it. So I feel like that, you know, getting to know Mr. Agrius and their relationship developing the way that it did, that she really saw that there was a different way to think that like, it's okay to not think the way that she has done all of her life. And even her father seemed to, you know, be sympathetic, you know, towards the, the, the creatures in the Fae and, um, you know, that it was okay. So some of it was rushed, but I felt okay with their overall relationship and their development. Very quick though for her to just leave. Um, But I guess when your brother is like holding a gun to your head, (laughs) maybe that's enough to be like, yep, screw you, we're out of here. Um, There's not going to be anything for us here. We're never going to be accepted. She was right. Um, Agrius had no rights. I mean, he might have all this money, But in the eyes of the law, he has no rights, no civil rights at all. So, you know, I think as long as he stays on the up and up on the right side of the law, he's fine. But as soon as, you know, if somebody calls him out or any bad word comes at him like it would in this way with Ezra, you know, um, in this attack, it's it's going to it doesn't matter, you know, who instigated that. All they're going to see, like she said, is a puck you know, who's standing over Ezra, you know, and and he's going to be in jail. It doesn't matter how much money he's got, at least here in this world. So I can kind of, I can kind of buy it a little bit, but it's hard to believe that she just picked up and left everything. So, and I don't know. I heard, I, I heard whisperings that I don't know. I haven't read a whole lot about season two. I don't really know what's out there, but I did hear whisperings that they will not be in season two. Hmm. So I don't know.
0: That's kind of interesting, but I feel like that kind of kills that whole story, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was my number two. Is just the those two together and running away to a land far, far away.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that there when they were in the in, in his kitchen and they finally realize you know like he he finally just dumps the whole idea of trying to protect her because i know that's why he was trying to you know kind of turn her away and be harsh with her was to for her protection um so I, i get all of that but they finally break down and fall into each other's arms make their way upstairs and we know ezra's looking from the window and he's off in his home looking for the gun, goes back over to um, Agrius's house and confronts them. Um, but they're in bed, nude, and asleep. And I'm like, how much time has passed? Because if it's just a few minutes that we, you know, if, he, if you yeah. think of the time it takes him to run back to his house, find his gun, run back to Agrius's house and confront them. That couldn't have been but minutes. And that, what does that say about um, the stamina of Agrius. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That's I was good a little point. bit sad. Yeah. I was a little sad for Imogen. <laughs> but anyway, that's another topic for another day. Um well my number one, um just we talked about it a little bit, but it's just the end where where we ended on this finale. So we we had a lot of things kind of wrapped up and closed off and questions that were answered but now we have new questions that have come up and kind of a, a new path to some storylines. So I think we're going to see an end to a few storylines. I think we're going to see some of this go into a different direction, but we have, you know, Joan and Sophie are making their own world um, in the middle of all of this chaos. And, you know, Sophie's totally got Jonah wrapped around her finger. I think that's probably going to be a lot of it. She is, I think, smarter than him. She's a little bit more clever than him. And she totally just has him wrapped around her finger. And so I think it'll be interesting to kind of see what comes um, out of that. They have turned the row into like a concentration camp, which just is terrible. Um, You know, shooting people who are trying to leave and rounding them all up and shoving them behind these uh, like barbed wire fences. Um, And then to see Philo uh, join a vignette there at the end when you know um they you know they won't let them leave she gets thrown behind the fence and they stop him from going in and he's like you know hey it's it's not for you and he's like you know I'm a critch and and they let him through and I was like oh you know I don't I don't know I think it was probably a good thing but I like how they ended up together I was okay with it I I I know some people have kind of talked a little bit about how they weren't thrilled with this, the, and I don't mean any of our listeners or anything, but just some things I've read online about their their love story and how they were like, oh, they shouldn't have ended up together. It's so typical for, you know, the the two lost loves to get back together. And yeah, it is, but it's kind of sweet when it works. and. You know, I was okay with it because I, I feel like it was earned. You know, they had this this love when they met. They had this distance apart from each other. Uh, she wanted nothing to do with him when she discovered he, that he was still alive and was very angry at him. Um, but they've had this. I feel like this kind of slow build up back to care. You know, caring about each other and realizing their true feelings for each other and being very open and honest about it, and that he's able to accept who he is. Um, and live as who he is, um, I thought it was sweet that they, you know, at least made it back together, um, in the end. So for me, it was good and I liked it and I felt it was, um, felt it was well earned. I still don't buy some of their chemistry. I feel like some moments they have good chemistry and other moments I don't quite get it. So it's, it's a little, um, uneven for me, their moments of chemistry. I think Imogen and, and Agria's had really great chemistry, um, Constantly, but um, Vignette and Philo were, were kind of uneven for me. I felt some moments were really great and others were kind of like, I uh, don't quite, I'm not getting it. Um, so I don't know. What did you think about the end and what's to come?
0: I was okay with it. Um, and this kind of is my number one as well. I basically just say season two, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So it really, like, you know, as everything is going on here, it was exciting. It was, I not want to say exciting, but it was definitely very, like, setting up, like, oh, okay, like, we're going to have, you know, this whole, you know, political that is going to get into some weird questions about stuff. And, you know, the only thing that I was kind of like, all right, like, eh, was when Philo's, like, going up there and they're like, oh, sorry, this is for crits only. And it's like, I am crit. And they're just like, all right, let's him <laughs> in. Like there's no like checking or anything like that. Like I'm used to zombie movies where there's some kind of like oh eye scan or blood test or something. But here there's like oh cool deal bro go on in. So like if he comes out and they're like oh sorry crits so I'll have to stay here he's like I'm not a crit and like oh okay cool bro come on into you know town.
2: Pull up a he chair. Can go back
0: and forth all he wants. But yeah. Um I I'm this season was um I have very like. Walking Dead vibes to this where as it ends, <laughs> it ends on a good note. I'm like, all right, I'll check out season two. But is season two going to be kind of the same where like something just freaking happened? Uh-huh. But yeah, that's just kind of where I'm sitting on it.
2: Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. I, I'm hoping that they kind of take. they They take a look back here at season one and kind of learn a little bit. And kind of clean up some of that, maybe not have 10 different storylines all at once. I see where they were going, because I mean, if you think about it, a lot of the stuff was really connected, right? You know, we're introduced to the Chancellor and his son and his wife, you know, you got Philo and Vignette, um, and all of these other things happening. And so much of it was interconnected, right? It was all this spider web and all of these things, you know, were kind of connected and centralized. Characters were related to each other. And one character sets the chain of events for all of these other things to, to happen and such. So, um,
0: yeah, the only one that was kind of like they probably could have left off and sounds like they're not touching for season two is the agriest one. You know, if they, yeah. they didn't really need to do anything with that. I mean, they could have yeah. just had them show up. That's how she got in. And then all of a sudden they're gone.
2: Yeah. I really wanted to learn how he made his money, too. I feel like it's yeah. not an important piece of the plot. It's you don't need that, but I was just really curious just for my own curiosity's sake. I was just really curious how he um became so rich. Um how did it, how did he make his money? Um so that was just purely selfish reasons, not anything to do with the plot or would have made anything any better. Um So I don't know. I I'll probably watch season 2. Um, we'll see how how I feel when I get there. I think they were already I mean we know season is coming. I don't have any news um you know for for this episode um just that season two we know is happening. i don't know any dates or anything like that um but they announced season two even before season one premiered, so that clearly prime Amazon Prime has some faith in in the direction of where it's going and I heard it was quite a budget. I don't know the numbers, but you know quite a budget on what they spent on this show so you know clearly they have some faith in it so i don't know we'll we'll see how that goes i'll probably watch it and because i'm curious i kind of want to see where it goes yeah, so. and i
0: feel like for covering it for our show it'd be like one of those i'll watch the first episode and if i <laughs> feel really invested then yeah let's do it but
2: yeah i feel like i feel like um season two carnival row for strange indeed to be determined yeah for sure at this at this point so if you folks are really gunning for season two um for us to cover that we're just i think it might have to be like you said sean let's watch that first episode get a vibe and then we'll decide so probably no formal announcement to come because you know i i may not quit the show watching it but you know, watching a show and podcasting on a show are two different things. And I, I talked a little bit about this on um, another um, or on a Facebook page not long ago when, you know, there was talk about somebody not podcasting on a show because they just didn't love it anymore. And they thought that they were really bringing people down uh, because there were people, the audience kind of split. Some people love it, some people hate it. And they're kind of like, I feel like I'm just being so negative and I don't even know if I want to talk about a show that I'm just not really into anymore. It's a lot to podcast on a on a show. There's work that goes into it. It's not just like an hour of your of your evening, like, oh well, okay, I just watched that show for like an hour and it wasn't amazing, but whatever. When you're podcasting on it, you've got to watch it twice. There's notes and prep. Yeah. There's all the time it takes behind the scenes to do this, plus the recording time and stuff. So that's a lot of extra time invested. So we'll see. Yeah. We we try to we try to stay passionate about the things that we that we cover. And if we're not feeling it or loving it, um, we're probably not gonna do it. So yeah, and that's we'll why, like,
0: like if if this was our only show, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, we really screwed the pooch on this. But that's why <laughs> I, I like about our show know. is you know, like we covered Lost in Space, and it's like uh, I don't know about that. So, but there's yeah. ones that are like, yeah, we like this. So, uh, but yeah, Stranger Things, definitely, Castle yeah, Rock exactly. coming
2: up. So yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta love it, man. You have to really love something to podcast on it, because otherwise, it just feels like work and. I don't want podcasting to feel like work because it's something that I enjoy and I have fun with and um, get to spend time with my awesome co-host. So um, I don't want it to be like work because damn it, I ain't getting paid for it. So it's true, yeah. <laughs> there's that <laughs> anyway um, notes. So as far as notes, I think we covered probably a lot of my notes, but the one note I just like that kept, Like screaming at me while it was happening was, why did the chancellor confront his wife with the knowledge of what she did when he's laid up in bed hurt and no guards are around? Yeah. Why would you do that?
0: He's already been like an attempted assassination once. Wouldn't you keep the guards close by?
2: Exactly. And I mean, I know that it was, you know, his former uh, servant um, Quill that, you know, so it's a puck um so I don't know if they just think oh that's the only group of people we need to be worried about but I feel like yeah there needs to be a guard I know there were guards outside the room but there needs to be I feel like someone almost in the room with him um close by if if you're talking an, an assassination attempt I don't know I feel like you can't play it too safe and and so here's Jonah wailing on his dad and they're having words and and here comes piety, and he's confronting her. And I'm like, dude, you are laid up, and and yes, you're gonna live, but you're hurt, and you can't defend yourself, and and you, you're you're in a room alone. Why would you do that? Um, save that for when you know when you're when you're smart. You gotta. Apparently, though, he can't hold his tongue because he also yelled out in Parliament when he yelled at uh, Longer yeah, Bane, like you kidnapped my son, and it's like, dude. Smarter than that. Hold your tongue. Hold your cards closer to your chest until you're the moment. You're
0: my son's father. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> right,
2: wait, wait. Who said that? <laughs> yeah, but that was really my only note. I feel like we haven't covered. Um, do you have any any notes or anything you want to add? No, you're just you're just done. I'm you're done with the show. Done with the show.
0: I just felt like it was a little disjointed. It was pro- like, I think what upsets me the most is when I saw the trailer for this, I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks like an amazing universe. Like, it seems like a great idea. I'm excited for this. And then just the, uh, the la- landing wasn't too good. It was the dude at the party. It's like, hey, like, I, dude, I'm going to rock your world. And then it's like, egregious two minutes later, passed out.
2: Yeah. It's a bummer when you get excited about a show and you're like, "Hey, let's 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 choose this one." And it turns out to be like, "Oh. Yeah. I didn't live up to my expectations." I get totally bummed about that. I get I get high hopes and then I get let down like air out of a balloon. Pew! Um, but anyway, that's okay. We we've we've done our due diligence, I feel. <clears throat> Anyway, well, if we don't have any further notes, that will lead us to my favorite portion of the podcast, and that's Letters from the Row, our listener feedback portion. So first one that we have is from our good friend and loyal listener, Doug Fick. He says, sorry, I have been MIA for a few weeks. I've been in hiding as I heard Corey Hart was looking to kick my ass.
0: Oh, he's (laughs) been tweeting at us. Yeah, you better watch out, Doug.
2: Yeah, so he says, the coast is clear now. I have to say, all in all, I enjoyed the show, but it did not wow me. In a weak moment during your week off, I finished the season and was going to rewatch along <laughs> with the podcast. As I rewatched, nothing seemed to be worth commenting on. The plot seemed disjointed with a lot of moving parts, as Sean said, but also predictable. The look was amazing and I think the cast was great. It has promise, and I will watch season two. A few thoughts Whatever happened to the pact? The cold open on episode one was all over them, then they disappeared. I hate liver. But if you want to find me via my liver, follow this trail of Jack Daniels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Sorry. He goes on. What was the point of the Black Ravens? Why did Vignette fake her hanging to escape jail only to get caught like five seconds later? Once you go ram, it would be a hoof. Of you not to let your brother find out. <laughs> <laughs> A fun watch, another great choice. Now it is time to rock the castle. Shit, gotta go. I hear Corey Hart wrestling in the bushes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> great. <note. laughs>
2: that was really great. I was talking, chatting with Doug earlier, um, and he said, I, I totally failed to mention um, Imogen got pucked. I told him I'd throw that in here and totally That's give good. him credit for that. I was like, I'm stealing that and I'll give you credit. So there's to you, Doug. Good. Thank you if, so much. We totally missed getting your feedback um, while we've been MIA and while you were rewatching. So thank you, you know, for that.
0: We're missing like if we made shirts, sure, like we're missing a great opportunity. Like we could be make sure that says, you know, I just need a good puck. <laughs>
2: yeah. And have like a, a Grace's face or something on there. <laughs> Um, that was great. Thanks, Doug. Uh,
0: and last one comes from Laura Wooly Swink. So I wasn't the biggest fan of the show, but I do think it ended on a high note as the finale was pretty thrilling. I'm not sure about all the not too subtle game of Thrones parallels, politics wrapped up in a fantasy genre an unknown bastard son of a powerful leader, brother lovers. Uh, <laughs> but I did like that. They did finally go strong on the fantasy and laid a little on the political preaching. And laid off of the political preaching, which was getting a bit too heavy handed and overly stereotypical. I'm interested in seeing where Imogen and Agrius wind up, but really not as concerned about Philo and vignette. Sadly, I never felt any chemistry between these two,
2: and that's sad it just it makes me sad to think yeah. that you can't have chemistry with orlando bloom i i i he
0: overacted his ass in this like in a good way, like I felt like it was him, and not like, I didn't think anybody acted bad, but I felt like the material was like him showing up for like something I would write
2: mm-hmm. and be
0: like, dude, you're like, you are way overqualified for this material, man. I'm uh, sorry.
2: He kind of, yeah. I mean, but it, I feel like he was a good, strong person, someone that you needed in this role. I think he played it out really well. Clearly, he's comfortable in the fantasy genre as he, you know, of course, is our beloved Legolas in Lord of the Rings. Um so I, I feel like he, he was a good fit, and I think he played it really strong. He's a great actor. He he did this beautifully, but it makes me really sad to think, because I know you put me on the screen with uh, Orlando Bloom, we're going to have some chemistry. Um, I'll make that shit happen. Um, so, yeah, I feel that was great. And shout-out to Laura, who's currently um, having an amazing trip in uh, Paris um, and, and just ap- having an absolutely amazing time and making me – super jealous with all of her amazing pictures of all of the wonderful things that she's um getting to see and experience so um thank you laura for taking some time out of your amazing vacation to write into us it's truly appreciated um and i love all that feedback so we also have a voicemail from our good friend steve
1: hello sean and rima this is steve and this is for the season finale of Carnival Row I just watched it uh, only watched it once but uh, I did I, I liked how they managed to bring a lot of these storylines together and show us how it all tied tied up I think that was uh, they did a good job of that I don't know if I'm interested enough uh, for season 2 if you guys don't cover it I don't I don't know if you're planning to cover it when it comes out or or not um but uh, So yeah, I, I liked it. I liked how they brought everything together. I guess everything came together except for the whole Imogen, Agraeus, and Ezra storyline. That's a separate thing, which is interesting that they didn't find some way to tie all that all that in. But I, I do like that at first it seemed like Mr. Agraeus was going to be kind of a, a dick to her, but then he revealed that he really – they did care for each other and that – and that she cared enough for him, and he cared enough for her that they're running away uh together, so that's gonna be an interesting uh, maybe story um like I said, I don't know if uh if season two will hold the same interest for me if you guys don't cover it and um I was a little confused because Philo should have known that the dark Asher wasn't gonna die because that's what the witch had told him, right that that it mm-hmm. would only die if the person that it's tied to died. So it he seemed surprised when it came back after him uh, when he first thought he had killed it. So um this it was really nice that Vignette was the one who uh, who killed uh, who killed her and I uh, I will admit I it was a complete surprise to me who had written the note because that was the big question of course every as soon as we found out that there was this blackmail note, so okay, um, yeah, uh, it was good, and uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later.
2: Sweet.
0: Yeah, I think the reason he was surprised is I just kind of assumed maybe he didn't realize it was dead because I had that thought too. But I just mm-hmm. thought maybe he had it. He thought he had it subdued and pinned, so that it couldn't get away. Is what I was thinking.
2: Right. Yeah. Because I mean, like I said, how the hell that thing managed to stumble um and find its way without its head unless it was still able to send. like if he's just like oh well, i'll just pick up my head and lumber on my way um you know, you know like
0: honestly that would have been better to happen like two episodes ago where maybe he thought he did cut it in half yeah. and killed it and then it came back but again just all too quick in my opinion
2: yeah well that's okay That's okay. We appreciate your voicemail, Steve, and that was some great feedback. And we appreciate everyone that has still hung in with us um, as far as listening to the podcast or tweeting with us about the show, um, talking about the show, sending in your feedback. We always appreciate you guys um, and and hanging in there with us. So thank you, everyone, so much.
0: Yeah, thanks, everybody. So next week, we are excited (laughs) to be covering... Yes. The first episode from Hulu's second season of Castle Rock titled Let the River Run. So they Mm. haven't really released the schedule that I've seen yet. I know last year I think they released three Mm. episodes the first Wednesday. Yep. And so we tried to get kind of caught up. You know, we watched one for the Friday after, one for the Monday, and then one, f- like we, it took us a little bit to get caught up, but we did. Yes. So we'll probably try to do the same thing with this one. We'll let you guys know. But I'm excited for this. The trailers, I've watched just a tiny bit of those. They look awesome. Uh, we're going to uh, Jerusalem's lot.
2: Jerusalem's lot. Yes.
0: Uh, it doesn't say Salem yet, but it, I'm guessing it will at some point.
2: Uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: So I am super excited for this.
2: I am very excited. Castle Rock is, I feel like, you know, like I said, Carnival Row is not terrible. Not great, not terrible. Um, But I feel this is the show that we need right now in Castle uh, Rock. Get me excited. I have no idea what's going to happen with the season. At least as far as is it going to be great or or hopefully it's not a stinker or anything like that. I was pretty great with um, season one. and you know i i hope this isn't too spoilery for anyone if you haven't seen a trailer or anything but they are going down that misery line and i mean i loved misery so much it is like one of the best um i feel like characters stephen king has done the movie was one of the best that just still stands up to this day um and i think that uh um, Lizzie Kaplan is going to do fantastic as Annie Wilkes. So I'm, I'm excited. I don't want my bubble to be burst. I want it to be great. And I want it to, to live up to that. Um, I really got to stop setting my expectations so high. But anyway, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm really excited. And I I did read that they are planning to I don't have an official schedule but I still keep seeing the same thing that they are going to yes air the show on Wednesday they will release the first 3 episodes as they did last year. Oh, sweet. So um pending that like Sean said we'll do our best to do what we can to try to maybe catch up to that um so i don't know stay tuned guys do our best to let you guys know what we're going to do for that so you guys can follow along with us and then you're going to be stuck week to week anyway because after those first three episodes you're going to be stuck with us anyway because that's the um the schedule that hulu follows is week to week so you guys are going to be trapped whether you like it or not um (laughs) but we're really excited for you to travel to the berg with us and until then you can follow us on twitter at strange t cast
0: you can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod.
2: Yeah, get some more. I need some more followers, guys. If you haven't already liked that Instagram page, I'm watching it. I haven't seen as many pop up lately. So make my day, raise up my spirits and give me a couple likes out there. I will truly appreciate it. Um, and you can also email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com and you can find us on the TV Time app.
0: You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast.
2: Make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. What's happening this week?
0: We have a monster movie draft.
2: Oh. We did the draft.
0: <laughs> we did the monster draft.
2: The monster draft.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun.
2: That sounds super fun.
0: Yep, keeping up with our spooky October.
2: Oh God, I love October. I love Halloween. I get so excited when I'm flipping through channels and uh, the the like AMC and channels like that. Or you know, here's our you know uh, spooky Halloween or October uh, lineup of shows, and I just get so excited. Um, me and the kiddo are every weekend like, what scary movie are we going to watch this yeah, weekend? You nice. know, we're always picking out the scary movies. I watched um, Midsummer this last weekend and good. I'm not fully recovered. I can't really tell you, Sean. I don't know. It
0: looked interesting from what I saw.
2: I have thoughts. Did you watch hereditary?
0: I didn't know.
2: Okay. So the same guy, um, Ari Aster that did hereditary did midsummer. So for anyone who's seen midsummer or seen hereditary, not midsummer or vice versa, I I don't have to tell you much more than that. Um, it, it kind of messed me up a little bit. Um, But anyway, I I really look forward to your Spooky October episode. That sounds really great.
0: All right. Well, that's our show, episode 105 of The Gloaming.
2: Until next time, I'm Raina.
0: And I'm Sean.
2: And Darnell C. is strange indeed.